0: It's the Wednesday edition of Canuck Central coming to you live from the Kintech Studio, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, powered by thousands of five star Google reviews. Sore feet, what are you waiting for? It is Canuck Central. Canucks Central is for Enzyme Pacific, Vancouver's premier Chrysler, Dodge, Ram, and Jeep Superstore on 2nd Avenue between Canby and Main or at Enzyme EnzymePacificChrysler.ca. And as always, get your thoughts into our text inbox courtesy of Dunbar Lumber 650-650 and we'll continue the conversation here as the show goes on. A packed show for you today. Wednesdays means overrated, underrated. And that is coming up a bit later in the show. So um, you might have room, maybe, just maybe, producer Elon Shark at Satyar Shah with Israel Fair today. Maybe squeeze a question or two in for overrated, underrated, coming up a bit later on in the show. Uh, We are going to be joined by Randy Janda from Toronto for the All-Star festivities. That's coming up a bit later as well. But in this segment, in a few moments, Israel, we are going to be joined by Patrick Alvin, Canucks general manager, fresh off signing a contract extension. Yeah, big day for him. Big day for him. And I mean... I guess we expected this after Rutherford got his deal, but it's hard to say anything but well deserved for both of the leaders in the Canucks front office.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, it's uh, almost two years to the day; it's just over a week, so it's almost two years to the day that uh, he took the job, and it feels like it feels like a lot longer in the sense of what they've been able to accomplish. And not that's not to say that it's a it's a done deal um i'm sure you know having heard uh, alvin talk earlier today that he's not looking at this as a finish line of, in any way and that there are ways to make this team better this season uh, that there are bigger goals uh but that the progress that's been made over the last couple of years mm-hmm. is 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 pretty substantial and yeah sure there were some of the the core pieces in place still some big decisions to make last year mm-hmm. You probably talked about J.T. Miller versus Bo Horvat hundred and ninety-two uh, times a day. We may have had a conversation or two, <laughs> and so those that was that was, a, that was a big decision making the trade for Philip Pronic. Yeah. Coming out of that was a big decision. There have not been, you know, it hasn't been easy, so to speak. But they've almost they've made it look easy in parts because they've been aggressive. They've made trades. They've done stuff that I think a lot of other management groups would go out there and say, oh, that's impossible. We can't do that. I would just, it just reminded me of something we've talked about off
0: air, I think a bit, you and I, Izzy, and that is building a program and also the resources you need to have sustainability. And uh, one of the things that this organization has done, obviously, in addition to creating a front office that's very coherent and is making good decisions they also have built out Abbotsford really well. Now we'll talk about that a bit more maybe in the next segment in terms of where the Canucks find themselves and, and could this be a real sustainable venture for this organization long-term. Patrick Alvin was asked about that today, of course, when he met with the media and he mentioned it's not just about this year, it's about long-term. It's about you know us having a sustainable winner here and that's something that they're building on. And we'll talk about that a bit more. And when you compare it to other organizations and where the league is trending, you know the resources you spend on your developmental system matters in a huge way.
1: So, I think it's going to be interesting to kind of delve into that when it comes to this team. Absolutely, and there are the building blocks are there with the group right now, and the, there's the success, which that just helps speed up, I think, the process because the players can buy in. Obviously, Rick Tockett has come in now over the past calendar year and been able to relay that message, and there's there's unity from the coach. And the management group, and so with Rutherford extended here, Alvin extended here, not going to sit here and say that this guarantees long-term success. It's still very hard to predict, but there are a lot of building blocks and foundations that have been established over a couple of years in a climate where everyone's saying that these things can't be done. So Mm -hmm. tons of credit to them. The, the extensions are 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 well earned and in Patrick Dalvin's case you know for today I'm sure uh pretty satisfying I'm sure he can take some pride but trade deadlines coming up that's the next that's the next thing that fans are going to be evaluating oh yeah how how does the roster improve between today and in March
0: eight? and we'll get into that with uh with the general manager and let's go to the dispatch plumbing heating and air conditioning hotline we're now joined by Canucks general manager Patrick Alvine, fresh off signing a new contract extension to remain with the club. First of all, congratulations on the new deal. And uh, uh, how good does it feel during the break to get this done uh, for the long term here?
2: Uh, Thank you very much, guys. I'm very uh, thankful and uh, excited about the future and uh, um, very humbled and honored to to, uh, continue to be part of Vancouver Canucks and uh, the trust that the ownership Uh, that Bellini family shows in me and the trust and believe that Jim Rutherford shows in me. So um, very excited.
1: Two years in now into this job, Patrick, and now with this extension, uh, the future looks like it should be uh, a few more. Uh, In these two years coming into Vancouver at the time that you did, what stands out to you about where you were, where the team was in 2022 versus where you are now in terms of the progress that the organization has made?
2: Well, I think that's uh, what, what you just said, that the, 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 the being part of a process here and being aligned from the ownership uh, through the management, coaches, and players, I think that's where what I'm proud of to see, uh, see how the players are, are buying into how we want to play, uh, trusting our coaching staff to help them to get better, and uh, we're coming coming together as a team. That on and off the ice that that's what I'm more, most happy about and as far as your approach
0: to the job because uh, I think you know we don't quite know exactly what goes on during your day to day you know I've asked around with people who worked with you in the past who work with you now and they say you have a very intense day to day approach like you view every single day as of the matter of the utmost importance that you have to see what you can do to make the team better where does that intensity for the day to day approach kind of come from what, what fuels that?
2: Yeah <laughs> I uh, I don't know. I think uh, you know, uh, being fortunate to work in the NHL, I don't think you can take any day for granted. Um, it's a very competitive league, and and uh, I I just learn from uh, good players to uh, to be humble and uh, and and that you always have something to prove. And uh, you know, we trying, we talking about finding competitive advantage. How do we get better? Uh, on and off the ice. Uh, I think that's where what, what you want to thrive for and you you, you want to empower your staff uh, to, to help me making uh, my decisions easier. So I just uh, I think it's uh, contagious and, and I think we we have that uh, we have that mindset from for myself and to the coaches coaching staff too the the, the next day mentality and, and it has worked up to this point so we'll continue to push for that.
1: Prior to joining the Canucks, obviously, you've had a lot of experience, mostly in Pittsburgh and working with Jim Rutherford. But this was a big opportunity for you to be the general manager, to, to be in that role. What are the challenges about being the, the GM that, that you relish to this point?
2: Well, what... But people uh, was telling me that uh, it, it's, it's a big difference sitting in the big share uh, or in the smaller share across mm-hmm. the table and, and having uh, opinions, but now you're going to make decisions. Uh, it, it's definitely a, a bigger share to sit in. I'm very fortunate to have Jim around here day to day and bouncing things off him uh, on, on the daily stuff. And and also learning from him. Uh, you know, always be ahead of things and how competitive he is. So, um, definitely uh thankful uh, to have him uh, as my boss
0: well and and you know i know we talked about this before and you've mentioned it's really hard to make trades in today's national hockey league but you guys have been able to make trades better than or more than any other club in the national hockey league what's been the the key to be able to pull that off is it as simple as being on the phone all the time talking to teams knowing what's going on or does it take some some deeper relationship building to be able to make trades at, at this type of rate that you guys have been able to do well, i
2: think it's a little bit of both i i guess it's it's the communication part within within your organization uh within the coach with 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 it, with the coaches on, on the day to day stuff how they feel um my my hockey up staff and and my scouts uh, what they see out on on the field uh and and big part of it is the uh, the relationship part and, and communication part with other teams uh I think that's that's basically what I'm what I'm trying to do uh, every day to, to communicate and, and uh, get information.
1: We've gotten used to uh, the last few years, and a lot of it has to do with the cap, but that trades generally happen around the draft or just right at the trade deadline. And you, you've been able to make some trades outside of those windows. Do you find that there is a little bit more flexibility there when you're willing to put yourself out there and have those conversations outside of these periods of time where we've just gotten used to all of the transactions happening
2: uh, maybe a little bit I, I think that that again it just have shown you over the last couple of years how hard it has been with it with a flat cap coming out of the cold uh, and also the parity of the league uh, it's so many t te- so many good teams so um it, it's just to to the matter of the uh, Finding ways to be creative and finding ways for for both uh, uh, hockey clubs uh, when you're going to make a deal that, that works uh, works for both of them.
0: Well, and as far as where you guys find yourselves right now, I mean, you know, there's there's always trade discussions, of course, and uh, you guys have mentioned how you are looking to make the team better. And, and considering where you guys are against the cap, and you know what what the cost is of acquiring good players is there a way for you to acquire somebody without moving somebody off this current roster?
2: Oh, it depends what the other guy is costing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's where, where you're looking at uh, uh, more so uh, than ever uh, to get the money to work um, uh, fitting into the cap um, and, and being in, 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 that, in that the garage being creative, uh, working around the, the cap situation.
1: When you look at the league, uh, at least from the outside, it seems like things are, are pretty up for grabs. There are a lot of good teams at the top, but maybe no team that has separated themselves. When you look at the success that the team has had this season and stack that up against the landscape of the NHL or even just the landscape in the Western Conference right now, how do you feel about the Canucks stacking up against those five or six other teams that we look at near the top of the standings?
2: Well, again, I think I, it, it's a credit to the players that, that bought in how to uh, how to play and to how to play to our identity and our staples and, and what we're doing every day to be successful. I think that's what uh, the, the players have, have started to uh, understand that it's demanding, that but but it, in some part you have to sacrifice a little bit of your own ego and your own points and uh for 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 the team's success and uh i give i give the coaches and players a lot of credit uh up to this point they put themselves in in a real good position to compete against other top teams but we all know that the next 33 games going to be extremely hard the next game is always going to be the toughest one because now the other teams they, they they want to beat the best team in the league And and for us, it's a great challenge every night and and we need to be prepared and uh, we need to have the right mindset and we need to be humble. And uh, so far, our our next day mentality uh, is working and we'll continue to do that.
0: And, you know, obviously, as we mentioned before, there's always trade discussions. And, you know, in this media market, there's always talk about trades and names pop up all the time. And uh, one name that was that was out there in terms of potentially being available was Nikita Zadorov. And, you know, you know, obviously it's one of those things in this market. Names will come out. People would discuss those things. And I know any player could technically be available depending on what's going on. But is that that something you'd want to address the stuff out there about Nikita Zadorov?
2: I don't I don't. Uh, I don't talk about rumors. <laughs> I I, uh, I I I don't want to speculate. I mean, he, he's been very good for us. Uh, he, he's uh, he's been playing pretty. He's been playing some really good hockey against top teams here, and and uh, I, I I just don't want to comment on any any rumors.
1: The other player that has come up because of of the cap is Andre Kuzmenko. It's been an up and down season for him. Uh, what what have you seen from from him of late?
2: You know what, uh, Andre Andre is is playing his second year as a pro, and I, we all know how hard the league is, and uh, we're playing uh, a different structure. We're playing with more structure and and different uh, systems. So obviously, it takes time to get the. Used to it and adjusted. Uh, I will say that that Kuzi is, is a great kid and he's been working hard uh, with the coaches uh, to to find his game and play uh, to the potential where we all know that he's capable of with his skill set.
0: And, you know, you guys, obviously, like you mentioned before, if, if you have to make moves, there has to be some money going in, money going out, and, and ultimately we'll see what decisions are made on players. But you guys have done a really good job improving the depth so far for this organization. And you guys mentioned you still want to improve that because, you know, injuries do hit. But what's been the, the kind of key in terms of assessing players that you bring in and, and how you evaluate them in that way?
2: Well, I think, uh, you know, the conversation with, with Rick Talk and how he Wants to play and and what kind of player types he wants, and uh, understanding the puzzle we have to to fit in, and we want to put every single player in a position to succeed. And uh, I think we have more players in Ab- Abbotsford are knocking on on the door and, and want to prove that they belong in the National Hockey League as well. So. And obviously, in, in some of the cases here, being more familiar with, with some of the names from the past and, and knowing what they're capable of in, 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 a, in a structured uh, system that we want to play. So I think there's a combination, and, and I think my staff is doing a good job, too.
1: With that improved depth, how much do you weigh uh, the fit and the, the potential impact that a player, even if you're bringing them in for a smaller role, will have in relation to the star players the core players that that you have on this roster
2: every every decision is 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 important for us and as i said earlier how we come together as a team uh, you 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 have individual success comes from team success so in order to be a good team down the stretch here you need uh, you need depth and you need uh, uh, your role players to be extremely good, so uh, every uh, every player potential move is, is discussed within uh, the hockey ops uh, and uh, with uh, with Rick Tockett.
0: You guys have had a lot of success with the Abbotsford Canucks so far and some of the players there are playing really well. I know Archdeep Baines is is a local boy and fans are very excited about his progress and and fans always wonder when are guys going to get a chance to come out. How do you feel about what's happening in Abbotsford with your prospects and in terms of them getting a shot this season? Are you looking at a more long term with those players or guys that maybe could help you guys down the stretch here?
2: Yeah, no, I'm very excited uh, to see the uh, uh, process down in Abbotsford. Uh, Jeremy Colleton and his staff has done a phenomenal work. Um, Or uh, Daniel and Hendrik Sedin being the bridge between Abbotsford and and Vancouver working with the individuals. Uh, I I have fortune to be down there watching them play and and watching how they want to play a fast, game predictable hockey the way we want to play up here in Vancouver uh, just going to set up the players for, for uh, um, hopefully a long term success in the National Hockey League um, you know we're, we're operating in, in long term IR here so uh, we're, we're not as flexible as some of the other teams so it makes it harder to call up some of the players but um, I think we have a uh, more than a handful of players that are capable of coming up here playing and capable of uh, of uh, having long term success and and it's not about one or two games. We we want to make sure that the player is is mentally and physically ready to come up and uh, hopefully stay. And uh, I give uh, as I said I give the the coaching staff in Abbotsford a lot of credit and Ryan Johnson is doing a tremendous job uh, with the coaching staff in Abbotsford as well.
1: NHL fans tuning into All-Star Weekend are, are going to see a lot of Canucks. There's a ton of representation, the team's top players, Rick Tockett there as well. What does that say to you about the success that the team's had this season and the the belief that that might give you in, in the direction that, that you're taking this organization?
2: All right, so... Uh... Again, uh, they should be uh, honored and proud to represent Vancouver Connects and, and again, the individual success comes from team success. The players have bought into how Rick and his coaching staff, uh, what they're preaching every day. And, and when you do it, you, you will find yourself having uh, team success. So uh, great for them. Uh, they will enjoy the event. They will enjoy the, the time in Toronto with their families. And uh, and uh, hopefully be be ready for practice Sunday.
0: Hey, Patrick, thanks so much for your time. Uh, I know it's been a busy day for you. We appreciate it. Again, congratulations, and best of luck the rest of the season.
2: Great. Thanks, guys. I appreciate, uh, uh, as always, uh, having the support and being on the show with you guys. Thanks.
0: That is Patrick Alvin on the hotline, brought to you by Dispatch Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. The first call, the only call here on Canuck Central. It's Sat and Izzy, and, I, uh, you know... Uh, we, we joke about uh, Patrick Alvine. Some would go as far as calling him Patty Tight Lips because he doesn't, <laughs> uh, doesn't say a lot. He, he's, he's very cagey, obviously, with, with um, how he answers his question and, and, and quite different from the discussions we often have with Jim Rutherford, the team's president. So it's, it's such, such an interesting dynamic with the two different approaches and how they are. Um, but I did think it was on the Zodorov stuff, you know, essentially not going to comment on rumors, but said they're happy with how he's played and, and how he's fit in here. On the trade stuff, and I think this is something that you know everybody has to realize if they haven't already, and I'm sure most have. It's going to be almost impossible for them to make any additions to this team without moving something off the team. And he kind of joked, "Well, it depends." Yeah, on... Yeah, you got to chuckle. You got, you know, it depends what you 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 have to get in. But if you're trying to bring in somebody with somewhat of a significant salary, even if they retain on that salary, you got to part with something off your main roster. And what that's going to be, I think we're all waiting to see. But clearly, something
1: they're going to have to do. Yeah, it's the it's the cap realities yeah. for for most teams, certainly for this team. But the, those two players that were mentioned in the interview, uh, and, and he didn't have much to add, if anything, on, on Zodorov and Kuzmenko, but they are the names that pop up here for for obvious reasons. They're they're not cheap players at the moment. Kuzmenko, in particular, not playing in impact positions. If there is value out there for that kind of player. That's, that's what makes sense. And this is the, the next challenge, I guess, for Patrick Alvin and his role as the GM. Yeah. That first year, things were so dire, you know, the the rest of that season that they were given a few months to, okay, you know, things have gotten so bad with this team and the way that it's been managed. You have a few months to pick up the pieces. They get to that off season. Really, since then, a lot of really shrewd acquisitions, a lot of depth pickups. You know, you look at someone like Dakota Joshua, for example. Mm-hmm. They pick him up for pretty much nothing, and what has he delivered? Really solid play, chipping in with goals this year, you're contributing on a third line last year, a fourth line that was that was successful in its role. And now, you know, th- they've made those additions, and now, pretty quickly, two years in, you feel a lot better about the structure and the the direction that the franchise is going in but this is this is the next big test right yeah. this is this is it's not defining of this era but it'll tell us a lot about what the belief is in this group and the way that they view their chances of, of maybe going on a run this season yeah and we know that they are
0: aggressive and you know part of me just wonders uh is it going to be minutes or hours after our discussion with him where the next canucks move happens because i remember this is the, the door trade happened i think happened a day after he met with the media uh, about a few things and we asked is anything imminent he's like no oh, not really <laughs> the next day a trade kind of comes down <laughs> uh it was it, yeah it was he had made the Bavillier trade And we had him on talking about that or whatever. And he spoke with the media. And the next thing you know, the next date is a draw-off trade happens, right? And Jim Rutherford, we know, likes to get on with his business early. He did an interview out east today. Jim Rutherford echoing a lot of the same things, but mentioned maybe just maybe they would make something happen sooner than later. Maybe before the All-Star game even, which at this point is like a day away from the All-Star festivities. But I would put money on them making a deal relatively well ahead of the trade deadline like it's not going to obviously we're only you know a month out at this stage it's not like it's that far out but it wouldn't surprise me in the least if it's pretty soon where they make that deal where they acquire
1: somebody it's in the playbook Jim Rutherford's playbook and then you know with Patrick Alvin being the one that's pulling the strings in Vancouver with Rutherford and he said in the interview right like Rutherford's such an important Mm -hmm. mentor to him not just by hiring him for this position but shaping the the views that he has and the way that he can sit in that big chair the way that he put it today. This is, this is out of the playbook and there are enough pieces at the top end of the market, specifically thinking about forwards, where it makes some sense to, hey, get that deal done. The price isn't going to necessarily be, especially if it's for a rental, completely exorbitant. You're not going to have yeah. to get into a bidding war if you're willing, I think if the Canucks are willing, if they're able to f- first clear the space and then secondarily reach the bar f- uh, for someone like Elias Lindholm, mm-hmm. then you can, I think, start to see some some activity that way. It's not going to be a March 7th, March 8th March kind of thing.
0: No, and I think... It is important for them, too, to get somebody in and try to get that person up to speed with the team, too, because it takes time. And if you have a longer runway to get that guy up to speed with the team and figure out, you know, how to play and really build some chemistry ahead of the deadline, I mean, ahead of the playoffs, that's obviously something that you would prefer to do. Uh, keep your thoughts coming into our Dunbar Lumber text inbox, 650-650. We'll hit more of your questions and your comments. We'll continue the conversation on the other side. Andre Kuzmenko. Uh, Some comments by Alvin on him, but also when he met with the media today earlier after signing an extension. We'll talk about how the Abbotsford Canucks can play a huge part in the sustainability of success, hopefully, for this organization. It is Canucks Central with
1: Satyar Shah and Israel Fair on Sportsnet 650.